0: KMTT Kimitzion Teitsei Torah www.kimitzion.org. And today is Thursday. A b'shir by Harav Asaf Bednash and issues in Hilchot Hilchot Shabbat. In today's shir, we will discuss the issue of walking by security cameras or motion-activated lights on Shabbat. We will begin our discussion with the issue of security cameras, which is by far the simpler halachic issue. In many areas nowadays, someone walking by a building entrance, a street corner, even someone who walks down the streets of the old city of Yerushalayim nowadays, is recorded on a security camera, which may project his image onto a closed-circuit television screen, attended to, at least we hope. By a, by a security guard, or may record his actions on tape in case the police or security need to refer to that tape at some future time. I believe that when they installed the security system that we presently have in the Old City of Yishalayim, the issue was brought to the Rabbanim of the Old City as well as many contemporary poskim, including Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach in his days, and Rav Yashiv, and it was universally assumed that it would be permitted to walk by these security cameras on Shabbat. Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach is quoted by his son-in-law, Rav Zalman Nechemia Goldberg, who discusses the issue in the 25th volume of the journal Tchumen, as explaining the reason why it's permitted to walk by a security camera on Shabbat, as based on the concept of psik resha delon This concept, the phrase coined by the Sefer Ha'aruch, most well-known from his citation in Tosvot, in the Sechit Shabbat, Kuf Gimel, Amad Aleph, the Gemara there discusses the culpability of someone who picks grass on Shabbat, not for the Av Malacha of Kotzer, of harvesting, for which the person is certainly liable, but rather for the Av Malacha of Zorea, through its tolda of Zomer, can we consider every picking of grass to be some sort of pruning, or whatever the equivalent would be, when dealt with grass, perhaps weeding of some sort, and one would be culpable for the avmalach of zoreya, of sowing, of planting, because it causes the rest of the field to grow that much better. And the gemar the concludes with a discussion that perhaps this may be this is an unintentional side effect, and normally an unintentional side effect is permitted on Shabbat. But the more questions. Don't we know that everyone, even Rabbi Shimon, who we follow, who permits davar shein miskaven, even though we permit doing something on Shabbat which has an unintentional side effect of a malacha, so too the fellow who picks grass should be exempt from liability for the unintentional side effect of improving the growth of the remaining grass. However, this is a case of psikresha v'lo yamos. A man cannot say. Well, I'm cutting off the head of a bird to make some sort of toy out of it, but I don't intend to kill the bird. That's an unintentional side effect. No, the assumption is that any time the side effect is a 100% certain result of my act, as killing a living thing is a 100% certain result of cutting off its head, we cannot call that unintentional, and rather logically we assume that anything, any time I do an action which has a 100% certain side effect of causing a malacha to happen, it is as if I intended to do that malacha (coughs) and I am liable for it. The Gemara concludes then, why is, (coughs) why then, is the fellow who picks grass not liable for the side effect of improving the growth of the field, even though it was a 100% predictable side effect? (coughs) including words of the aleph, are that the case deals with someone who picks grass from a stranger's field, from someone else's field. If I pick grass from your field, then not only do I not intend to spur the growth of the rest of the plants growing there, but I don't care about or benefit from the result. So we see that a psik de lo nichale. An unintended side effect, even an unintended certain side effect, is permitted if I derive no benefit from that side effect. Thus concludes the safer Ha'aruch, that a psik lo' is considered a davr she'enu miskaven. Anytime there is a side effect of malacha to my act, but I don't benefit from or care about or desire that side effect, that is considered a mere davr she'enu miskaven. An unintentional act and fully permissible mutar on Shabbat. The Tosafot there, however, as well as the majority of Rishonim, disagree with the Aruch and point out that the Gemara never said that a psik resha is permissible on Shabbat. Rather, the Gemara merely said that a psik resha is exempt from liability on Shabbat, meaning that one is not liable a punishment such as, if done carelessly through negligence, the bringing of a korban chatat, if one does a psik reishad lo on Shabbat. Therefore, the Tosavot disagree with the Sefer Ha'aruch and say a psik lo is not permissible on Shabbat, but merely exempt from liability, meaning that it is asur Midirabanan. <clears throat> the basis of their machlokes, is under which pre-existing halachic category of Hilchot Shabbat shall we classify the concept introduced by this sugyah of Psik Resha Adelon The Sefer Aruch assumes, based on the context of this Gemara, that we're dealing with the pre-existing halachic category of Dvar She'Einomit Kavein, an unintentional act, which is Mutar Legamre, fully permissible. And therefore, the Chiddush of this Gemara is that even a 100% certain side effect, if undesired and not beneficial to the actor is considered a and permissible. However, the Bali Tosvot assume that the Gemara switched tracks in this last line of the sugya. Until now, we are dealing with the halachic factor of kavana intention. Now the Gemara brings in the halachic factor of tzricha of necessity for its own sake. And Tosvot is of the opinion that a psik lo should be classified under the halachic category of melacha she'einat z'richa Melacha done, not for its own sake, but for the sake of something else. <clears throat> and, according to most Rishonim, with the notable exception of the Rambam, but according to the way we paskin, a melacha she'einat z'richa a melacha done, not for its own sake, but for the sake of some other ulterior motive, is Pator HaVal is not prohibited mida oraita on the Torah level, but is still prohibited nonetheless Mi rabbanan by Rabbinic Decree. Therefore, just to review, if one does an act which may or may not have a side effect of Melacha, that is called Davar She'ino kavein, an unintentional Melacha, and is definitely permissible according to all opinions, since we follow the Tanarabi Rabbi Shimon, who permits it. If I do an act which has a 100% certain side effect of malachah. And that malachah is beneficial or desirable to me. That is called a psikresha, denichale, which is beneficial to me. And that is certainly asur on the Torah level, mi deoraita. If I do an act which has an unintentional malachah consequence, which is on the one hand 100% certain to follow, but on the other hand, not in any way desirable or beneficial to me, then that is a psik which according to the Oroch should be assimilated into the category of Davar Sheinomit Kavein and considered permissible, but according to the Baalei Tosafot, be assimilated under the category of Malacha Sheinat lugufa, an act done, a Malacha done not for its own purpose, but for the purpose I had in doing the act, and prohibited on the rabbinic level. To take an example, one of the classic examples discussed by the Poskim is found in the Shulchan Aruch, Shin Chaf Seif There is a melacha of wringing, of squeezing liquids out of a cloth. What if I want to stop up a barrel by squeezing a cloth into the hole, and my intention is clearly to stop up the barrel, and not to wring the cloth? But it is a one hundred percent certain side effect that the cloth will be wrung. And let us say, for example, the wine will be squeezed out of it. So the Shuchan arach tells us that Yesh Misha Matir Afabishi Fsarshlo Yoshottavkli the Kevansh no Nenebeskita Zo Havip Sik Raisha Deloni That there is a Yesh Misha Matir, there is an opinion that is Matir, the arach and the one later Rishon who agrees with him, the Rabbeinu Yabucham, who says that if I stick this cloth into the hole in the barrel, and the wine flows out onto the floor. I don't catch it in a bowl, but it goes to waste. That is a psikresha, a certain unintended side effect of skita, of ringing, which I derive no benefit from, and some say it's permissible. However, he concludes, la vi'amru the da'afagav, dulonichale, came de psikresha, who, asur. However, the majority opinion disagreed with him. Tosafot and most Rishonim disagreed, and said, even a psikresha, dulonichale, is still asur. It would not be prohibited on a Torah level, because I am ringing in a way which is a notsri I don't need the act of ringing. I don't need the wine that is flowing out. But nonetheless, it is considered a malacha, albeit a an notsri and it is permissible on the Doraita level, but prohibited midrabanan, because I am considered to be doing the malacha intentionally, since I know it will certainly happen, although not for its own sake. Rather, for the sake of stopping up the barrel. Ha said then, we are machmir on the issue of psik resha Let us return to our security cameras then. If I walk in front of a security camera, I cause an image of myself to be projected onto a television screen or alternatively to be recorded onto a videotape. Or <clears throat> my intention is merely to walk down the street. It is an unintended side effect that my image is recorded. However, it is a certain unintended side effect. I am definitely causing my image to be recorded in some, either projected on a, on a screen or recorded on some medium. Normally, we would expect a psycho such as this to be forbidden. However, in fact, the Postkin permitted this case of psycho-reshadolonichale based on a psak which the Mishnah Brua tells us in many, many locations. Locations throughout the sefer that the Achronim concluded that although we are Machra on Psekeresha when it comes to an Isur de Oraita, a Torah prohibition, we are Mekil on Psekeresha which involves an Isur de Rabbanan. The if the Psekeresha Dlonichale itself is only a Sur rabanan but if even if the act were done intentionally, it would be de Rabbanan than an act which even done intentionally would be the Rabbanan, and I do it unintentionally through a psik the achronim permit. Now, the Mishnah Brurah is somewhat conflicted about this. The Shmirat Shabbat Kilchata, in his introduction to Elchot Shabbat, in footnote 45, brings a list of many locations. In some of these locations, the achronim, notably the Mishnah Brurah, seem to be the opinion that a psik rashad is permitted, so long as the malacha, if done intentionally, would only be a malacha de In perhaps the majority of locations, the achrona were of the opinion that even so, we need another tzad l-hakil. It is only permissible if there is another factor Lakula, such as a psik reishadlon of a malacha, which would in any case be drabanan, if necessary for a mitzvah, or if necessary to avoid pain, or to avoid loss of money, or for great need. Or, for example, a psikreshad lo of a malacha that in any case would only be Dirabanan in two different ways. Psikreshad lo betray Dirabanan. If I do an act, unintentional side effect, which is not desired by me, which would be two steps removed from a daraita in any case, such as it, it would be destructive, mekalkel, and kalacharyan, done in an unusual manner, and a psikreshad lo in those cases one notable exception which we can't get into now we permit the act because of sicrational nichole with a malacha, which is a double drabanan meaning if there are two reasons why it's only a drabanan and not a sur midaraita. if so let us look at our case is walking by a television camera and causing the your image to be recorded an daraita or an drabanan? The issue of recording uh, a picture on a medium which cannot be read with the naked eye, such as audio tapes and videotapes, has been discussed among the poskim. The majority opinion of the poskim is that any writing which cannot be read by the naked eye but can only be decoded by a machine or chemical procedure is not considered the normal form of writing of ketiva, which is a surmida and is merely a surmidrabanan. The prima gadim, in siman shin mem. Paskin's based on the Ushalmi, that writing in invisible ink is only a surmidrabanan, since it cannot be read without further processing. If so, kal vachomer, writing, or rather, causing an images to be an image to be recorded on a videotape, or causing sound to be recorded on an audio tape, or causing an image or sound or letters to be recorded in digital memory, should certainly only be a surmidrabanan since there is no visible image or word or letter being formed. If so, walking in front of a security camera is a psik reishad I will certainly cause a recording, at, but of course this is not in any way desired or beneficial to me. As a matter of fact, no one wants to be recorded. We would all prefer if everyone else were recorded by a security camera, in case they do something wrong, but we were not. Who wants to be caught on tape? So this is a clear psik and it is not causing an Isur Dharaita in any case, because there is no Isur Dharaita to record a videotape. It is only causing an Isur Dharaita of an Isur Ramanan, we have, as we have mentioned, is permissible, at the very least, if there are other factors which indicate leniency. And here there are certainly other factors within, which indicate leniency, both because of the extent of the need involved and because of the weakness of the possible prohibition, which may be violated. On the one hand, this is a psikreshed lo of an isur drabanan, which is writing on readable recordings, which is very necessary. We need to be able to walk on the streets. If we couldn't walk by a video camera, it would make Shabbat very difficult, and probably keep us from doing many mitzvot, such as, for example, we couldn't uh, visit the kotel on Shabbat, the, uh, the way the security system is set up today. In addition, this may very well be even less than a regular dravanan, because there are other reasons why it may be permissible to walk in front of a video camera. For example, and Rezalman Nechemia Goldberg brings up this point, it is not at all clear that we would consider it a melacha to have the security camera record me when in any case it's recording a picture and the recording of me is no more valuable than the recording of an empty street. There'll be a picture recorded either way. I'm just causing it to record a person instead of cats walking by. It's unclear that that would be considered a malacha, malacha in the first place. In addition, this may not be the normal way of recording a video. Usually, we hold the camera. We don't walk in front of a security camera in the street. And very controversially, this may be considered grama indirect causation. We know that grama indirectly causing a malacha is not prohibited from the Torah on Shabbat. And although we paskin it is prohibited midrabanan. We are not allowed to indirectly cause a Malacha to happen on Shabbat, there are Paskins, that is, mutter in cases of great need such as loss of money. The definition of grama, of indirect causation, as applied to modern technology, is very controversial among contemporary poskin, and there has not yet emerged a halachic consensus as to how to apply the categories of direct causation and indirect causation of ma'aseh and grama halachically to the modern technological world. Many are under the are of the assumption, the Shmirat Shabbat Kelchata, in his introduction to Chot Shabbat, takes this position as well, that anything which happens immediately cannot be considered a grama, an indirect causation. Grama means, I leave water over here, and when the fire reaches it in five minutes, the fire is extinguished. Grama means, I open the door when the wind is not blowing, and when the wind blows, it extinguishes a candle. Grama means, perhaps, I turn the light switch on when the Shabbat clock is off, and then later the Shabbat clock turns on and the light is lit. However, when I walk in front of a security camera and I'm recorded instantaneously, that may not be considered Grama. On the other hand, there are those, including Rezaam and Nechemia Goldberg, who seem to be of the opinion that even an immediate result can be called Grama if it is occurring not as a result of my actions, but as a result of something else acting on me or whose actions are influenced by my presence. In this case, perhaps the security camera could be viewed as acting in and of itself, and it is merely acting on me, and then that would be considered grama. This is very controversial. We cannot be certain. L'halacha It is very hard to posken with certainty in any particular case, whether that should be considered grama or not. However, certainly if we add up all the its La hakel walking in front of a video camera is a psikresha delonichale, with certainty. And only in an Yisur even if done intentionally, because we are not recording any visible images. And in addition, it may be kalachriyat, an unusual way of recording. It may be a grama, an indirect action. It's necessary for leading our normal life and for doing mitzvot. So we can say, with certainty, that it is permissible to walk in front of security cameras on Shabbat. However, now we get to the more difficult half of our discussion, which is walking in front of motion sensitive lights. It is very common nowadays for public places to install or for homeowners to install on the outside of their homes, lights which have a motion sensor and only turn on when someone passes by. This is a very popular money saving feature nowadays because why light the street, the hallway, the public place 24 seven, when we only need the light if someone's walking by. Likewise, a homeowner who wants added security, or who wants to be able to see when he comes home at night. Why light his front yard all night when he only needs the light if he comes home and wants to be able to see where he's going, or a stranger walks by and he wants to be able to make sure that that stranger does not, chas v'sholem, pose security risk to his house. When walking by these lights on Shabbat, one who walks by is sensed by some sound or lo- photoelectric light wave emitted by the sensor and immediately causes the light to turn on. This is much more problematic halachically, and for two reasons. The main reason is that I think it would be near impossible to claim that someone walking in a dark hallway or street or room who has a light turn on does not benefit from that light. Everyone who's walking in the dark wants a little more light. And even if one says, ah, on Shabbat, I wish there wasn't light because I like to keep Shabbat. Nonetheless, it's a fact that one benefits from having light in one's surrounding, so you can see where you're going in the dark. In this case, while I do not intend to trip the sensor and turn the light on when I walk by my neighbor's house, who has one of these motion-sensitive lights installed, or I walk through a hotel hallway, which only lights up when it senses a guest walking through the hallway, though I do not intend to turn on the light, it is a psych a 100% certain consequence of my action, and it is nichole, it is beneficial to me. Unless I'm wearing a blindfold, one cannot deny that I benefit from the light. If so, then this would seem to be not only prohibited, not only asor, but chayav, prohibited on the Torah level, a psich ratio, which is beneficial to the actor, is considered a transgression of Shabbat, Mida oraita. And if I walk by and this light turns on, even though it wasn't my intention, but I knew it would certainly happen and i benefit from it, this would be a malacha, mamash, an actual malacha of havarah, of lighting a light bulb on Shabbat. The second reason, which we have already implied, why the lights are a much more serious halachic problem than the security cameras are that while security cameras, we can assume, are only an Isur DeRabbanan, because I don't cause anything to turn on or turn off, all I do is cause my image to be recorded or projected, as opposed to the pre-existing image. Turning on an electric light, we can say with almost certainly, is a melachad is a Torah prohibition. According to the qadanish turning on any electric device would be a Torah prohibition, because he considers the completion of, elec- of an electric circuit to be within the malacha of Bona, of construction on Shabbat. That is not a majority opinion, but everyone seems to agree that turning on an incandescent light bulb, which causes a metal filament to glow red hot, is Melacha da'oraita on Shabbat. The Ramam and Raivad disagree whether this is the malacha of Havara, of kindling, or of Bishul, of cooking. We seem to pasken that it is an Isur da'oraita of kindling, of Havara, to turn on an incandescent bulb on Shabbat. In that case, it would seem to be prohibited to walk anywhere where a motion detector might turn on a light when you pass by on Shabbat and one would not be able to stay in a hotel where the lights turned on based on one's walking through the halls or the rooms unless one arranged with them previously, which almost all hotels in the world will be glad to accommodate that the mechanism not work on Shabbat during your stay in the hotel... And if I'm walking back from shul Friday night, I would have to avoid walking in the proximity of a neighbor's house where my motion turned the light on on Shabbat and avoid walking down alleyways where the the overhead lights installed by the municipality were turned on by my walking down that alley on Shabbat. This might necessitate some degree of roundabout walking or zigzagging when traveling home from shul on Friday night, but that would seem to be the halachic requirement The mainstream psaq halacha is clearly to be machmir, to prohibit walking by in such situations. Perhaps if it is inconvenient for one to walk around and avoid and zigzag all the motion-activated lights, one could, if there's much pedestrian traffic on the street, wait for a guy, let us say, to walk by and trip the light and then follow him, which is what people have been doing for many years, to get into hospitals and hotels and apartment buildings where one's weight standing on the welcome mat opens the electric door on Shabbat. One waits for a guy to walk in and then follows him. Likewise, one might have to either walk around the motion-sensitive lights or wait for a guy to walk by and follow him. That is the accepted halachal ma'aseh and the psak uh, of the contemporary poskim. However, I'd like to conclude with some ideas, not meant as psak, but as a discussion of whether there would be any room for leniency in tripping motion-activated lights, especially if the world moves more and more towards trying to conserve energy, which is certainly a laudable goal, and technology improves to make it easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper, to make sure that energy is used only when absolutely necessary, we may someday live in a world where one cannot walk Dalet amot without tripping some sort of motion-activated light or other mechanism, would that mean we'd have to stay home from sunset Friday night till sunrise Shabbat morning and forego Friday night services in shul or have early Shabbat 12 months a year? Or could perhaps, if at some time it became impossible to be machmir about this issue, could we find room for leniency? And I think there are three directions which we could explore halachically which may allow room for leniency, although none of none of the three are necessarily mainstream halacha, or at the very least are clear applications of mainstream psaq halacha. One angle is brought up by the Shevet HaLevi, Rosh Mo'al Vazner, in the Torah journal Beit Mi Beit Levi, Simon Samach Aleph. He comes up with a Svaram Chudeshet, a new idea which permits walking by a motion-activated light on Shabbat. He mentions the Rashba. This is a famous p'sak of the Rashba, that if a deer, let us say, enters one's home, and one comes home, you can close the door, even though you will be doing the Malacha of Tzedah, of trapping a deer, since your intention is just to close the door to your house like a normal person, and not to trap the deer. Even though it is a psikresha de nichale, you will certainly trap the deer and it is beneficial to you because now you have now you own a valuable animal. However, if one is just doing a normal act such as closing the door, then one needn't worry halachically about the side effects and other consequences. This is a far-reaching kula which is utterly rejected by the other Rishonim and by the poskim. However, Rav Wozner is mechadish. Rav Wozner says that really everyone agrees to the idea of the Rashba. Everyone agrees that if one is just leading a normal life and minding your own business, you're not halakhli responsible for malachot that happen as side effects and unintentional consequences of your actions. When it comes to closing the door to your, of your house, we are machmir. Because after all, the way everyone traps animals is to get them into a pen and close the door. So closing the door to the house is not only a ma'aseh of closing the door to your house like a normal person, but it's also a ma'aseh of tzedah, of trapping. Therefore, we have to be machmir. However, walking down the street is a phrase, walking down the street, minding my own business. There is nothing which is a more innocent act and devoid of any connotations than walking down the street. Rav Wasner surmises that if the action being discussed was a mere walking down the street, which is not an action which human beings think of as anything but walking down the street, and it is not the normal way to do anything but walk down the street, then he says, by definition walking down the street cannot be called a malacha because it is just a normal act of life. This is a Chiddush, which we find no precedent for. However, he tells us if the Rashba can say the closing your door, which is a normal way to trap animals, is not a malacha because it's just a normal way people live in their houses, then everyone will admit that walking down the street, which is not normally done to accomplish anything but getting from place A to point B, is permissible because it is mufka it is entirely removed from the category of malacha. That is a chiddish, but it's a swar which is worth thinking about. A second option would be, and we can't go into the details here, to suggest the category of grama. If we assume that even an a consequence of one's act, which happens immediately, can be called grama, if one does not act but is merely acted upon by some other force, then perhaps we can say walking in front of a motion-sensitive device is not doing a malacha, whether intentionally or unintentionally, but is merely indirectly causing a melacha to be done. If we would then be mekel to call walking in front of a motion-sensitive device a mere act of grama, then the rama paskins that grama is permissible to avoid monetary loss, to avoid melacha, and the Akronim elaborate on the Ramah. The Ramah is found in Siman Shin Sif Seif Beis, Gr- Gram Ki Boy Mutter Bamakom Pseida, Extinguish f- uh, extinguishing a fire through Gramah is Mutter to avoid monetary loss. The Akronim assumes so too for any very great significant need. So one might say that if someday we find ourselves in a world where one cannot walk without tripping some sort of motion-sensitive life light, if that would be considered an act of Gramah, it might be permitted because it is a great need to be able to walk outside one's house on Friday night. However, this is also controversial. A third angle, which we don't have time to go into now, is that the world is also moving away from incandescent bulbs and towards fluorescent lighting, which is more energy efficient. And fluorescent lights, we may be able to categorize as not a malachada or right at all. Perhaps there is no malachada or right involved in turning on a fluorescent light. This requires knowledge of the technology of fluorescent lights and of the halachic issues involved in use of electricity on Shabbat, (coughs) which time does not allow us to explore here. But perhaps if we assume that turning on a fluorescent light is merely a malachad rabbanan, then causing a fluorescent light to be turned on would be a psikresha of an isur rabbanan. There is a trumatadeshin which seems to imply that a psikresha of an isur rabbanan might be permissible. Ravad Yosef relies on that at times, together with other factors indicating leniency. In addition, we should point out that the Shulchan Aruch in Siman Shin Yotet permits walking on snow on Shabbat, even if one liquefies it. And the Taz explains that even though one will certainly liquefy the snow, it is permissible because liquefying snow is only a surmi Rabbanan. And since you have to walk outside, the Rabanan did not forbid you from walking on snow on Shabbat. So too, perhaps there'd be room to say that if turning on a fluorescent light is only an Yisr'da Rabbanan, and one has to walk on Shabbat, then the Rabbanan would not have prohibited turning on fluorescent lights through a motion-sensitive device if it would prohibit us from leading a normal lifestyle on Shabbat. These are all directions for for, for thought, uh, but in the present reality, the consensus of the poskim is that one should avoid, under all circumstances, setting off a motion-activated light on Shabbat.